Heavenly Father. Help us to become the masters of ourselves, that we may be the servants of others. Take our minds and work with them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In his book, The Sacred Art of Loving Kindness, Rabbi and author Rami Shapiro says that the greatest impediment to loving kindness is anger. Now, I had to stop and think about this because it seems to me that impediments to loving kindness in my life include the painter who dropped his ladder on my favorite Japanese maple (laughs) or the guy who broke in line at Chick-fil-A. You know how long that line is? So it seems to me that their behaviors are far greater impediments to loving kindness in my life, but Rami Shapiro would say that isn't so. It is my response, my anger, that is the impediment. So when I picked up the passages that were read this morning, particularly the passage from Exodus and the Gospel of John, I was faced with divine anger and intimidation, front and center. And not that it matters a hill of beans, but I did not like it. I did not like it at all. In the reading from Exodus, God is imparting the Ten Commandments, the reasons, the way in which we are supposed to live our lives. But he says that if you don't follow these commandments, that these sins will be visited upon your children to the fourth generation. This disturbs me. But the truth is, this plays out in our lives because I see on the news the children in Gaza and Ukraine and at the border in Texas. Adults make their decisions and children suffer. And then in the Gospel of John, Jesus makes a whip of cords This is divine anger, unabridged. And do you know the Jesus I like? I like the Jesus that spits on the dirt and makes mud to heal the blind and help them see. I like the Jesus that stops the violent mob from stoning the adulterous woman. And I especially like the Jesus that turns water into great wine. We could be friends. (laughs) Scripture is the story of God. 
And it is the story of humankind. And it is particularly the story of that relationship and how it moves through history, how it works through culture, how it changes as we change and responds to us this great love in a way that we can hear and understand. When I was about four or five years old, I did something really bad. Now, I don't remember what the bad thing was, and it was surely very rare. (laughs) What I do remember is my mother saying, Ed, go get a switch. Kitty, go to your room. Now, before you think that my parents should have been turned into DSS, remember that at that time in our culture, the maxim for parenting was spare the rod and spoil the child. What is actually more miraculous is that this switch technique had never been used on me before. The rest of the story I don't remember, but my parents loved to tell it about me. And that is when my father came into my bedroom, switch in hand, I stood in front of him with my hands on my four-year-old hips, and I said, you have always told me it's not nice to hit somebody with a stick. (laughs) Now, I will tell you that this story is really more about my father because my father put the stick down. Frankly, knowing him the way I know him, I don't really believe he ever intended to use that stick, but he may have used it for intimidation. What he did do was meet me where I was, And he understood quite clearly that that kind of dominance would only breed more resistance from me. I have a few red hairs on my head. So he put it down, and he used the other favorite parenting technique of the day, which was guilt. (laughs) But most importantly, he met me where I was, in my understanding. And that is what God continues to try to do in our lives. When the Ten Commandments are given to the Israelites, it is a pivotal moment in history. This cultural shift from an understanding of worshiping multiple gods to one God, Yahweh, the one true God, that's a major shift in understanding. And in addition, the Ten Commandments tell us how to love our neighbors as ourselves. These two concepts are pivotal to our history and to our understanding of the divine 
There is a documentary series, I don't know if you've seen it, it's um, produced by National Geographic, and the series is entitled The Story of God. One of the segments of this series is on miracles. And Morgan Freeman makes the comment, perhaps the truest miracle is to transform the human mind and heart. And that's the only thing that I can imagine that this God of Exodus and then again of the Gospels is attempting to do is to show us the way, even though in John, yes, there is clearly an angry God, and it doesn't make sense to me, but there is also God that is saying, I want you to get this right desperately, desperately. Now we'll use whatever means it takes so that you can hear this message. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. In her book, The Not Yet God, Elia Delio describes what she believes Jesus is doing throughout his lifetime, which is teaching us that we, you and I, are truly living temples of the loving God, that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit moves us, works with us, encourages us to behave with forgiveness and compassion, and that every moment of our lives is sacred. No matter what we do, no matter what even we say, Delio tells us, Jesus showed us the new way of worship, and that worship is to be like Christ, a new human being. And I wonder sometimes, what will it take for us to see the indwelling beauty of each one of us in your soul and in your being For God is not only with us, God is in us. And we are here to learn to believe it, to feel it, and to behave it with awe and wonder of a loving creator in the universe who believes that we are the children of God.